Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Today we continue our Wednesday evening series on power. In tonight's sermon, we dive into the book of Exodus and learn of the message of Moses. And with part two in the series entitled Jesus Christ, Lord of the Becomers, here is lead pastor Rex Johnson. The Bible said grace and truth were in Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? I read something the other day that said truth without grace is cold and empty. But grace without truth is shapeless warmth that just dribbles away. What a way to describe grace without truth. Then I read a story, and I want to share the story with you before I start teaching tonight. I read this story about a, about a soldier that died in France, and, and they brought him back to the church for burial. And when they started to bury him in the church cemetery, the, the priest asked, has he been baptized into the church? And the soldiers could not remember if he had or hadn't. And so because they could not remember, the priest decided that he hadn't been. So he said, I, I would ask you, I, I know he's a, he's a French soldier, but I would ask you that you buried him outside the cemetery. So they took him outside the fence and uh, buried him. The next day they were going to come back and they were going to put flowers on his grave. But when they got there, they couldn't find the grave. Because during the night, the pastor of the church couldn't sleep. So early in the morning, he left his bed and with his own hands, he moved the fence in order to include the body. My friends, truth demands that we build fences. But grace demands that the shape of those fences be flexible. This is a church that loves truth, but we embrace grace. You have to build fences in your life, but you got to make them flexible. You got to make them flexible. You know, they're starting to use bamboo in some countries to build houses because it is as strong as anything. A strong bamboo shoot is stronger, as strong as anything. Only problem is you can't air condition it because they don't stay together that, that close. But I, I think sometimes that we allow, we allow pictures in our mind to come into our hearts and our spirits that, that are not graceful attitudes and graceful spirits. And I, 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 want, I, want, I want tonight to be a night when we just absolutely unveil ourselves to him and say, Lord, you know, this is not the largest Wednesday night crowd we've had by far, but Lord, I'm here tonight. And I'm here on purpose tonight. I saw, I saw physicians come with their scrubs on. I saw people come straight from their work. One man came in, worked all the way at Horseshoe Bay and drives in every Wednesday and every Sunday to church from Horseshoe Bay. That's where he works. Still had, his, still had his badge on. What I'm saying is that when you take that time to come, I trust the difference here is worth the distance. When you take that time to come to the house of the Lord, we're going to take time to bless you with the word of God. And the word of God will have its way in this house tonight. Take somebody by the hand and say, I want to help the pastor tonight. 
amen, and say, while I'm at it, you sure look good tonight sitting here beside me. You know why people laugh? Because they're lying. And they can't tell the truth. You just, you're just telling the field because you don't think nobody looks better than you. I've got a book in my hand before you sit down. I've got a book in my hand called The Nothing Book. <laughs> I've had it forever. The Nothing Book. And it says, want to make something of it? And inside this book, it's phenomenal pages. Nothing on them, just pages. Because after all, it is. 196 of these pages, 196 of them. When I get through teaching tonight, I'm going to pull this book back out and we're going to talk about it. Because we're going to make something of it. This is part of the Power Series. I'm speaking tonight on the subject, Jesus Christ, the Lord of the Becomers. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, and God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say to the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Everybody say, I am, I am. that I am. What the Lord said. I am that I am. Lord, thank you for the word. Bless it to our hearts and our lives. And let it absolutely just overwhelm us tonight of the greatness of your majesty. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So Moses is out here on this desert. He's been out there for 40 years and he's getting tired. He's 80 years old now. And one day he turns aside and he sees a bush on fire. And, uh, that bush is burning, and he goes over and checks it, and he realizes it's not being consumed. <laughs> and all of a sudden, a voice says, take off your shoes. The ground which you stand on is holy. And Moses might have thought, I've, I've had too much sun. It's been a long time since I've been in the shade out here, but I've had a lot of sun. But he said, Who, who's speaking to me? The Lord said, I am is speaking to you. But that wasn't enough for Moses. He said, but when I go tell the people of Israel what you have said to me about letting my people go, what do I tell them? Who, I, who do I tell them has sent me? And he said, tell them I am that I am has sent you. Amen. And Moses still had a problem. So the Lord said, well, what do you have in your hand? He said, I got a rod. He said, cast it down. Moses cast it down and became a serpent. And he said, pick it up. Now, there's the problem. See, all of us have a little serpent in us. When we cast it down sometime, we see that we are, uh, we're, we're a mess sometime in our wildernesses of life. He picked it up by the tail. He was a smart man. He wasn't that sun-drenched. He was smart enough to pick it up by the tail. And then he said, put your hand in your vesture. And he put his hand in his coat here and he pulled it out. And it was leprous. He said, put it back in, put it back in. It was whole. He said, Moses, here's what I'm telling you. I am your God, and I will be with you. And I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my 
people go. I want to declare to the generation of 2015, the message of Moses is still being preached across our pulpits on Sundays and taught on Wednesday night. If anybody here is bound, I'm here to declare, let my people go. If anybody here is having issues in their home, let my people go. If anybody's battling an addiction here tonight, let my people go. If anybody is wrestling with their issues about yesterday and wondering about their present tomorrow, let my people go. The God that said, I am that I am, has told me to preach to you tonight that he is the Lord of the becomers. Amen. He's the Lord of the becomers. Moffat's translation renders the name of God in verse 14 as simply this. I will be what I will be. Now that sounds so simple. That sounds like Gertrude Stein's writing that we talked about here Sunday. A rose is a rose is a rose. The Lord said, I will be what I will be. God is a becoming God. You've heard the expression, that outfit is so becoming to you and so becoming on you. Women love to hear that. It means it flatters your appearance. It makes you look good. I can't think of a, of a word that describes God better than he is so becoming. He is such a wonderful Wonderful entity to observe and to admire. Song of Solomon said he's the fairest of 10,000. It also said he's altogether lovely. He is the essence of beauty and the picture of perfection. That's what he is. We all know of these things, but allow me to fasten upon a forgotten beauty of the Christ if I can. Christ is versatile. Everybody say he's versatile. He's very versatile. Jesus is wonderful because of his versatility. See, he is the constant. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His character never changes. His compassion and his holiness are still aright today. But there's also an undeniable versatility to God as well. Now watch this. He is the root and he's the star of David. That's versatile. He is both our breath and he is our breeze. That is versatile. He is both captain and he is shepherd. That is versatile. He is the lion of Judah. He's the lamb slain for sinners. That's versatile. He is both grace and he is truth. That's versatile. He is El Shaddai, the God of war. And he is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. He is the well of Jacob, but he's also the giver of rain. He blesses and he curses. He exalts and he abases. He gives and he takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord here tonight. He's versatile. And when it comes to describing him and his name, we're inundated with dozens and dozens of descriptions of this incomparable, incomparable Christ. He is simply without peer. He is simply without comprehension. The prophet said he's above finding out, yet he is revealed to the simplest heart of a child. When he described himself to Moses, he could not even limit himself to a noun. Rather, he expressed his name not as a proper noun, but as a verb. 
I love what Richard Fuller said. He said, God to me, it seems, is a verb, not a noun, proper or improper. Well, Mr. Fuller, if God is a verb, then what verb is he? Steal is a verb, but that's not God. Kill is a verb, but that's not God. Destroy is a verb, but that's not God. To steal, to kill, and destroy, those describe our enemy, not our friend. So the question remains, if God is a verb, then what verb? Which verb? God chose a particular verb to identify his versatility. And he used the root verb of every language in the world. And that's the verb to be. To be. Which means the state of being. Every language in the world uses that as its root verb, to be. Jesus Christ took it on himself in the New Testament. John 8 and 58, he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Now if Moffat's translation is credible, oh, I'm fixing to preach here now. God put a twist on his name. God is saying in effect, Moses... When you speak of me, do not describe me as something steady or static and stationary. Step into the realm of motion and into the realm of mobility. Moses, tell everyone who I will be for an eternity. And tell them that I will be whatever I choose to be. I'm telling you, I'm not preaching about a God today that's hidden some way in the abyss. I'm preaching about a God today that's as close as the mention of his name. And whatever, oh, hallelujah, whatever you need him to be in your life, he said, tell the world, I will be what they need me to be. That ain't bad stuff, is it? Woo! Tell them. Maybe that's why God has called some two to three hundred names in Scripture. But when he chose to become flesh as the Son of God, he took all those hundreds of names and condensed them into one, Jesus. Jehovah has become my salvation. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, I am Alpha and Omega. I'm beginning and the ending, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Can I tell you something? Jesus is here to stay. Hebrews 13 and 8 said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God of Moses still meets us at our point of our need in our life. He's the same God becoming whatever he chooses to become because he is a becoming God. Now, I want to ask you right now, does anybody... Need something for him to be in your life right now. If you need something for him to be, why don't you clap your hands and start talking to God in your own language. And say, I need you to be this. I need, you to, I need some help here. I got a child over here. I've got a kinfolk over here. Somebody I know has cancer. Somebody I know is hurt over here. Somebody I know is dying. Somebody I know is going through divorce. God said, I'll be what I want to be. I can be that because I am a to-be God. I'm a verbal God. I'm motion and I'm mobility in your life. My, my, my. Anybody need a healer in the house tonight? 
Man, I could stop right there because that's good stuff. So God wants us to become as well. Everybody say, God wants us to become as well. Because he is the God of the becomers. Amen. Emerson said, heaven always bears some proportion to earth. The God of the cannibal will be a cannibal. And the God of crusades will be a crusader. And of the merchants, he'll be a merchant. We're made in the image, folks, of a becoming God. Now listen to me. God is not wanting you to be a noun in your life. He is a becoming God. He's a to-be God. And if we're made in his image, he can make us to become what we want to become in him. Because to become has to have a to-be in it. And I'm here to declare to you, some of us in this house right now need what I'm preaching because you've been dragging up the dregs of yesterday and you've been saying, I am a nothing. I live in the nothing book. But I'm here to declare to you tonight that you are and have the right and the power to become. You have the power to become because the God of heaven is a to-be God and you were made in his image. Now, the first thing, i got three little old points here and I'm going to quit. The first thing God wants us to be is, he wants us to be his kids. He wants us to be his children. Anybody like having the Lord as your daddy? Somebody told me one time, came up to me and said, Pastor, you know, I, I got a lot of DNA in my body that's not good. He said, I got heart problems and there's cancer in my family and there's all kinds of stuff in my family and I know I'm going to get something. I looked at him, and I was a young kid then. I was probably a little cocky. I said, you know, when I was born again, I got a brand-new daddy and a brand-new image and a brand-new DNA. And I'm telling you, there's no cancer in my, in my father. There's no heart disease in my father. I got a brand-new daddy. I love my earthly father, but I've been born again. John 1, 11 through 13 said, he came into his own. And his own received him not. But as many as received him. To them gave he power. To become. The sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Which were born not of blood. Nor the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. But of God. Do I have to say it? God doesn't make junk. Do I have to say it? God doesn't make junk. Look at your wife and say, honey, I'm not junk. And look at your husband and say, well, I ain't either. And we got a marriage retreat coming up this weekend. And we need to start telling one another that we are children of God. We have the power to become. We have the power to become the sons of God. I'm not an orphan. That's not a bad word to preach about. I'm not an orphan. I'm not an oops in God's kingdom. I have become a son of God. We were born sinners, but in the rebirth experience, he recreated us. We became something new, something transformed. Bible says in 1 John 3 and 2, Beloved, now we are 
the sons of God. Not then, not in the hereafter, but right now. I want you to stand up on your feet and lift your hands and say right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Not tomorrow. Not Sunday. Not next week. But right now. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of the king. Sit down. You're awesome. Jesus loves you. You're his sons and his daughters. You've been born once into sin, born twice into righteousness, born once into slavery of sin, but you've been born twice into a royal family, born once into misery, born twice into majesty. That's who we are. Man, I feel like preaching tonight. A little girl arrived home from Sunday school one day, found her mom weeding the garden. I got two little kids, little girl stories. Mom wasn't a church goer, and she wanted to know what the girl had learned in Sunday school, though. The little girl said, today we learned how God watches us all the time. He sees everything we do, Mama. And the frown crossed the mother's face. She said, but darling, doesn't that make you feel uncomfortable to think that God, well, he's spying on you like that? Oh, Mama, you don't understand, said the smiling girl. It's just that God loves me so much he can't take his eyes off me. And I love one night when the TV was on in the living room and the kids were all supposed to be in bed, a thunderstorm came and lightning. And they went in to check on their little girl. And she wasn't in her bed, said, oh, God, where she's at? She's against the window with the curtains pulled back. And she spread eagle like this into the window. And they said, honey, what you doing? She said, oh, mama, daddy. Said, the Lord's got his camera out and he's taking pictures of me. I know, I know that this might not be the easiest month that we've ever lived and next month, but I'm telling you something. There's one thing I know. I received him and he gave me power to become a son of God. And right now, right now, right now, I am a son of God. I'm not an orphan. I'm not an unclaimed product. I'm a son of God. And I promise you, you mess with my kids in my house, you're going to get daddy. And you mess with the kids in God's house, you're going to get the heavenly father. Because we are made in his image and we are becomers. You can become a child of God. Number two. Number two, God wants us to be effective. Everybody say effective. Mark 1 and 17, the King James said, Jesus said to them, come after me and I'll make you to become. There's that word again, become. To become. Fishers of men. Excuses always come when people think that they're not good enough and they live in the nothing book. I wish this was on video tonight. I'd like to see myself go crazy here tonight. (laughs) The I can'ts. The I'm not old enough. I don't know enough. I don't speak well enough. You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. There's times after 45 years, I get my tongue in front of my eye teeth and can't see what I'm saying. You'll get that after a while. 
you can't and you don't know enough. That's why you need the Lord of the becomers. He will cause you to become something you're not and never could be. Oswald Chambers said, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. (laughs) Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. And I am a child of a becoming Lord. And because I'm made in his image, I am becoming stronger and stronger and stronger in my faith as I get closer and closer and closer to his divine, imminent coming. The disciples were ordinary men. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors. They were custodians. They were hippies. They were ordinary people. And alone they could not catch a fish. But with him, their nets were full. Everybody say, he wants us to be effective. Let me declare to you, child of God, on a Wednesday night, no need to fear. You belong to the Lord of the becomers. And you are a son of God right now. Right now. And you're going to be effective in this world as we go through the times and troubles and maybe even tribulations of life because God has got his stamp on you. Amen. Amen. And the third thing, and I close. I told you it wouldn't be long. God wants a brand new you. Everybody say he wants a brand new me. Do you think you can get up in the morning with a brand new thought and a brand new idea and a brand new plan? Do you think you can? Yes, you can. Do you believe that you can forget yesterday? Kind of like that story that I read the other day. I read a story the other day about a husband and a wife that went out to eat and he was very fidgety and he just, just real, he didn't want to talk. He was nice enough, but he didn't want to talk. And she tried to pull talk out of him. He just didn't want to talk. And, Honey, is everything all right? Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine, baby. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so they get up to leave and he pays the bill. She said, honey, you coming home? He said, yeah, I'll be home in just a little while. They didn't met the restaurant. I'll be home in a little while. So on the way home, she's saying on her, on her recorder, she's talking to her diary, what she's going to put in her diary. She said, he's so... He's so un- untouchable. He, he, he's, not, he's, not, he's not friendly. He's not kind tonight. There's, he's a good man, but there's something wrong with him. And it's like he has something on his mind. Could it be another woman? Could it be a job problem? Could it be a, maybe he's sick and I don't know. And he's, she's reading all this in, into him. Meanwhile, he's going home and he's saying, a two-foot putt. <laughs> Who? And the world misses a two-foot putt. That's his diary. Let me me tell you something, folks. Life will cause you to miss some two-foot putts. But you got to get up in the morning. And you got to understand that God is still with you. And he's still for you. 
And he wants you to be a brand new person. Everybody say, I I am a new man, a new woman. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Everybody say, Jesus Christ Christ is the Lord of the becomers. See, the secret, folks, to becoming is to quit thinking about the change you need and to start thinking about the one who can bring the change. The Bible said in in Hebrews 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus. Now, it says we're encompassed with these great cloud of witnesses. But that don't, that, that, that's not what you look at is your great cloud of witnesses. You need to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. I'm preaching stuff that will take you through anything in life. Because when you get into your situations and you get into your trials and tribulations, you understand you're a product of the Lord of the becomers. And God wants you to become like a new person in your life. And God can put that to you if you look unto him and not at the things around you. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. There's a couple of significant uses of the word wist not. Everybody say wist not. W-I-S-T in scripture. The first was when Moses returned from the Mount of God. He'd been with the Lord. Exodus chapter 34, and the Bible said, Moses wist not that his face shone with God's glory. He didn't even know it. Then a second sign is, a second is when Samson shorn of his locks arose to fight the Philistine. And the Bible said he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. Judges chapter 16. There's two truths here. Let me, let me put them on the screen. We're not, number one, we're not good judges of our own spirituality. We're really not. Moses did not know God's glory was on him, and Samson didn't know that God's glory had departed. So what do you do? Number two, if we'll focus on seeking God as Moses did, then God's glory rubs off and we become like him. Here's what I want you to do every morning when you get up. I want you to get up and say, Lord, I need some fresh coffee with you today. I need some time with you today. I need some time of prayer. I'm not asking you to pray an hour, two hours in the morning. I'm just asking you to get up and say, I know who made me. I know who I am. I know whose I am today. I know that God is for me. I know that if God is for me, who can be against me? I know that God is my help. He's my strength. He's my present help in time of trouble. And I'm going to rely on you today, Lord. I need you. And I promise you, when you start talking to the Lord of the becomers, you'll start becoming the man that God wants you to have in your life when you walk out of the house. I believe that. I believe some of you women, when you get up and you see your hair, you know, I used to, it was so funny. I used to have a, uh, used to have a kind of a, a bush on the side of my head. Because, you know, kind of, I don't know if you'd call it a bramble bush or what, but my hair used to come out to here. You remember that, Reed? You remember that, Reed, when my hair used to come out here? And when I slept, it would stand straight up the next morning. So help me God. And I would look in the mirror and I'd say, touchdown. 
and my little nieces, his sisters, used to call me Joy the Clown. They would call me a clown because I looked horrible in the morning. But understand something. That's why you fix yourself up because I cut all that stuff off. I was tired of being a Bush League hippie. I just cut it off. And one day I'm going to get brave enough to shave it all off. If I get a little help right now, I might do it this week. All right, I'm not going to do it. Because I'm afraid y'all would think I was losing my mind. But when you get up in the morning, ladies, and you have that first cup of coffee, and you look at yourself and say, oh, God, i got to fix this up again today. It's okay. Fix it up. It's all right. Because you're representing somebody much greater than you. You're representing Jesus Christ. Let me close. So a person told of waiting at an airport for the arrival of a friend when she saw a man carrying two suitcases running toward his nearby family. I love this story. And she watched the man as he dropped his luggage and madly embraced his kids and then madly, madly embraced his wife. And they laughed and they cried. And when the man hugged his wife, he said, I love you, and he kissed her. And the kids hugged their legs while they hugged one another. And after a few moments of this, the bystander summons the courage to ask politely how long the man had been away. And he said, two whole days. God, I love these kind of people. She was shocked. The way he acted toward his family, she would have thought he'd been gone much longer than that. And so she politely responded, well, I hope that my marriage one day will be that passionate after only being gone for two days. And the man stopped smiling and looked directly at her and said some powerful words. He said, don't hope, decide. You've got to decide some things. Anybody want to have a happy home? Make a decision. Make a choice. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And she watched the family disappear. Her friend showed up and asked, what are you looking at? And she said without hesitation, I'm looking at my future. Because she understood she was a child of the Lord of the becomers. And tonight I close. Within every one of us is a chunk of stardust. A bit of God's image within. And you've been given the power to choose. Choose you this day. Whom you'll serve. Choose you this day, life or death. I choose life. I choose the Lord. I choose the tree of life in the Garden of Eden because I'm going to live fully until I see Him one day face to face. Amen. Decide. Decide to become a child of God. Decide to become an effective fisher of men and decide that you'll become a brand new me. So I hold in my Hand this morning or this afternoon, tonight, a book. Nothing, a nothing book. Inside the book, I think it's so fascinating, there's no title on the book. It's just nothing. I wish that some of you would start writing your future on what hell calls your nothing book. I'm going to start tomorrow. See, I was going through and I was digging out some stuff. And I said, wow, the nothing book. And then I flipped it open. 
And it read, when asked what five books he would take with him to a desert island, George Bernard Shaw replied that he would take five blank books. The nothing book is a blank book. We have bound together 192 sheets of fine paper. The possibilities are endless. Write your own novel, compile a personal cookbook, draw pictures, make lists, keep records, collect autographs, write poetry, plan vacations, start a diary or scrapbook, design clothes, invent needlework or knitting patterns, doodle, compose songs, jot down important dates, keep a guest book, press flowers between them, gather favorite quotes, accumulate or invent funny stories, use your imagination, and do your own thing. The nothing book is your book. It was meant to be whatever you want it to be. As Byron once wrote, "'Tis pleasant, sure, to see one's name in print. A book's a book, although there's nothing in it." I love this church. And for 25 plus years, I have preached you forward. But tonight, I feel like I have pushed you as hard as I could push you in a very scant 30 minutes. But I want to tell you something, folks. You are somebody. You belong to the Lord of the Becomers. And He is a verb entity. He has motion, he has mobility, and so do we. Let's become what God wants us to become. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet all over the house. You're awesome people. I love you. Clap your hands for the word tonight. Not the preacher, but the word. Amen. (laughs) Thou hast seen nothing yet, Cervantes said. As for me, all I know is that I know nothing, Socrates said. Nothing can be created out of nothing, Lucretius said. Nothing can come out of an artist that is not in the man, Mecklen said. Or Mecklen said. We brought nothing in this world and certain we'll carry nothing out, the Apostle Paul. Nothing begins and nothing ends. One truly understands only what one can create. There's nothing new except what has been forgotten. I got plenty of nothing. And then the last one, you ain't seen nothing yet. Take your book. Write down your dreams. Write your heart's desire. Become what God wants you to become. Because he is a to-be God. Bow your heads. Lord, I love you and I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your blessedness, for your truth, for your identifying us as your children. It's an awesome thing to serve you. It's an awesome thing to love you. It's an awesome thing to be appreciated by God. That when David looked up, he said, What is man that thou art mindful of, and the son of man that thou visit him? And yet, even though you made us little lower than the angels, you have exalted us, God. You brought us up into heavenly places and let us commune with you, even on this Wednesday night. I love you. I honor you. I thank you for the word that once again. And that concludes today's message.
please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.